Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views and inside track from Goodison Park. This is a View from the Bullens podcast, sponsored by The Beer Keller, Liverpool One. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome back to another episode from A View from the Bullins. And joining me today is, of course, Ben Wynn Stanley and Lee McLean. Ben, Blackpool 2, Everton 4. You were at the game, you were in Blackpool for it. A bit more positive, wasn't it, compared to the, the Arsenal defeat and the Minnesota defeat last week? First of all, it was really good to be back. Uh, gutted we couldn't get over to the States, us free to go and obviously mix them with everyone else. But it was really good to see people at the game, some familiar faces, and we're all ready for the long challenge ahead. A lot of positives compared to America. Obviously, we've seen Frank Lampard revert back to his favourable 3-4-3 position. And the first half was massively impressive for me. Obviously, there was a lot of possession, a lot of knocking the back around the back, but we weren't really creating many chances. But we did find ourselves 2 the up within 10 minutes with ironic cheers from the crowd of, we're going to win the league, which was met by a, quite a, a funny response from Frank Lampard as he smiled towards the away end. But look... 
it's it, it's a preseason friendly. We know it's it's always difficult to get the results under our belt, but it, it's a win. It's a much needed win after the the heavy defeats in America, scoring no goals. It was nice to see, obviously Patterson and Mikalenko make their wing backs positions their own. I thought Patterson was was brilliant. There was obviously a few question marks over him, but I think he, he performed really well. And what obviously helped the wing backs for me was was the back three: uh, Yerry Mina, James Tarkowski. And obviously Ben Godfrey at that right centre-back. I thought them three are the three that need to start against Chelsea at home. Yerry Mina, again, makes such a difference to me when he plays. And James Tarkowski was unbelievable. His forward range of passing was extraordinary. And people were were saying, oh, he can only play long ball football. He's got no passing ability prior to signing the big man from Burnley. But for those who've watched him and followed him through his route through Brentford before he made made to Burnley, he was always a ball-playing centre-half. And he showed that. He was very cool, calm and collected. He got the ball. He slowed it down. He'll always look for passes. And he was solid. Some of the tackles you've seen from him, he never seems to lose a 50-50. So he massively impressed me. His long balls to Patson for the first goal was superb. Created the movements, created the width. Um, Still a, a bit of movement and obviously creativity required from the front three for me. Obviously it was um, Deli Alley, uh, Anthony Gordon and Rondon up front. Uh, I thought Deli Ali started a bit quiet, but grew into the game massively. And amazing to see him get on, on on the score sheet as well, scoring two vital goals. And for those of you who weren't at the match, Deli Ali got clattered in the second half. And I think it was obviously by Conley, one of Everton's old old boys from the academy. And within 30 seconds, he was straight back into him, giving him one back. And look, I'm all for that. All for a bit of bite, a bit of fight bit of determination. He looked like the Deli Alley of old, getting on the ball, dictating play and getting in that box and has Lampard unearthed a bit of a an unhidden gem there with Deli Alley playing in the false nine. Potentially, could potentially be a quite a nice little backup to the likes of Calvert-Lewin and Rondon if one or the other are injured. So it was really good to see him getting in with the goals. Tom Davis with the other and a lovely finish from Mikalenko in the first half. Still some negatives, obviously conceding from another set piece and I'm going to put it out there. Jordan Pickford made an absolute howler for their first goal. It was obviously potentially to catch the ball or parry it over the bar. It was a howler. It was a mistake. Luckily, it didn't cost us in the long run. But no, a lot of positives. Still a few negatives, which we're all likely to see. And for me, we still need more additions to the squad. Still think we're three or four additions short of where we need to be. But look, Blackpool didn't play great. They weren't a, a, a massive challenge for Everton but look it's 11 v 11 at the end of the day and you've got to beat what's in front of you so overall I'm happy I was a bit worried after the Minnesota and Arsenal games but look we created chances we scored goals and we got the win that we needed mm, yeah Lee I know it's only pre-season we have to take it with a, with a bit of a pinch of salt but it's always nice to win isn't it especially coming off the back of two defeats against against Arsenal and, and, and Minnesota in in the States but what pleased you the most against Blackpool what was the most positive thing that you think came out of the game well, the win, really, I think we needed, even though it is pre-season, like you say. Um, you know, by the same token, we were really, really down and deflated after the, the trip to the States where loads of dying the wool blues went over and made a long trip um, and were ultimately disappointed. You know, but on, on the same effect, it was nice to get that winning feeling back and I think the, the squad and the fan base just needed something to, to cling on to. Um, so you, you, you're very wary not to get too high after after the winning pre-season, especially against low league opposition, um, when they're just finding the feet ready for pre-season. Um, 
But for me, I think Ben's touched on a couple of points there. It's always better to follow when Ben's spoken first because uh, he's echoed a lot of my thoughts after the game. I think the um, those three centre-backs, I think when you read those three names out, Yerry Mina, Ben Godfrey and James Tarkovsky, I think that sounds particularly strong. Uh, and if that's the way Lampard wants to go forward, I think that's something you can get really optimistic about. Now, of course, what you're wary of is, is Yerry Mina is the, the one that would cause you the most concern in terms of staying fit. Um, but we do have options behind them to to hopefully come in and, and not de-strengthen us that much. Uh, but we've seen how important Yerry Mina is to the side over the last 12 months. But I think if we can, if we can keep those three fit, I think that's a really good base when you add Jordan Pickford to that uh, as well uh, to build from. And I think, you know, Michael and Cohen Patterson, who, who both provided assists and were really, really impressive and energetic on the day, lend themselves perfectly to that wing-back position both quite rightly have been outed for some concerns, maybe defensively, and, and they're not the finished article, both quite young, um, both new to the club as well, and they, they will make the odd mistake or two going forward, but they are, in my opinion anyway, without doubt, our first choice um, players in in those positions, because I think, again, behind them, there isn't really much that you can that you can call upon. I thought those were really bright. Um, obviously, scoring four goals, is a positive. Uh, I don't think we we looked overly threatening and overly dangerous, but we took our chance as well. Delhi Alley's is without question a positive. It was really really strange what how it unfolded for him last season, and I think he falls into that category of someone that Lampard, given the situation we found ourselves in and the pressure that we were under week on week as part of a relegation scrap, I think he was someone that Lampard didn't really want to risk and throw in, and maybe question marks whether he was up for the fight, but. There were little signs, as Ben said there, that 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 could be a, a harsh harsh assumption to make when it comes to Deli Ali because he's always had that little bit of niggle and little little bit of bite. I think m- m- most question marks around him are surrounding his overall fitness, uh, and if he can get that, there's definitely a play there. We've seen that when we're talking about someone who three four years ago was was talking, we're talking one of the best prospects in English football, someone who was so highly regarded and. That doesn't just disappear out of a window. So I'm really, really hopeful that those two goals will give him an injection of something and we can find a role for Deli Ali in this side this season. Uh, I think that would be a real boost, especially given our finance as well. He's a player who's already on the books. Um, so those are the those are the real positives for me. Um, negatives are, I think, again, just options going forward. You take uh, Damari Gray and Calvert-Lewin out of the mix, like we saw at the weekend, and what's behind them is really... Not great, uh, and we are short on numbers. So hopefully we can address that those areas in in the coming days and weeks. But nice to get a win, um, and look forward to hopefully repeating that on Friday night when I'm back at Goodison. Ben, a lot's been said about Nathan Patterson and the the right back position, Seamus Coleman. What 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 do you think is going to happen going into the season? Obviously, Nathan Patterson is a bit more of a right wing back than a than a right back. He probably suits the the back five, so to speak, a little bit more, so we can bomb on and get forward rather than a flat back four. Do you see Patterson kind of maybe being the number one right back this year and playing more so than, than last season? Or do you still see that as Seamus Coleman's position if it is a back four with Patterson being the understudy? How do you think that one's going to play out? Nathan Patterson, that's the question, obviously, on everybody's lips. Can he play in a back four? Can he play in a, a back three, four, three? For me, I thought he was brilliant on Sunday. He's got that cover of Ben Godfrey behind him. And for me, I think that's what we'll actually will be starting with against Chelsea. 
Um, obviously, I want to see more signings. I really, really do. But I can really see us starting a 3-4-3 formation. I, I've watched Nathan Patterson last season in the under-23s and prior to getting injured. And, and he's got one hell of a cross on him. Some really good assists last year for Lewis Dobbin in the under-23s. And obviously got another assist for Michelenko on Sunday, which is great to see. So for me, obviously going forward, that's what he is. He's an attacking-minded fullback. He likes to get forward. He likes to bomb on. And that's what we want to see at Goodison. But it's when you start to bring in the defensive qualities of certain players. Is he good in a 1v1 situation? Is he good at obviously getting back and tracking back and following the, the winger of the other teams? I don't know. Maybe that's why Frank Lampard's trusting in this 3-4-3 formation. I really don't know the answer to that. But for me, there is the likes of Yerry Mina, James Tarkowski and um, Ben Godfrey behind him. I think he can really flourish this season and really use his attributes to bomb up the pitch, get forward, create chances and really kick on with his Everton career. It was unfortunate for him that he got injured, um, obviously prior to the end of last season, which Lampard said that he, he was going to be in his plans for the run and prior to his ankle injury, which was a real shame for the lad. But he looked fit, he looked athletic, he looked energetic, which is which what were all the characteristics you want to see from any Everton player. So he really excited me, really, really did. So hats off to him, did really, really well. And he looked like he gets stuck in, he threw a few tackles in, a few challenges in. And when he was further up the pitch, Ben Godfrey was behind him covering. So for me, will he start in the first game against Chelsea? I think yes. But you never know with Frank Lampard, he might see and go really defensive and put the likes of Mason Holgate or Ben Godfrey in a four at right back. We've got these centre-halves that can play in numerous other positions at wing-back. So, look, I don't know the answer to that. For me, personally, I'd look to stick with a 3-4-3 three, three and have Patterson bombing on, overlapping the wingers and creating space for the likes of Anthony Gordon, Deli Ali, Damari Gray, and putting balls in for the likes of Dominic Calvert-Lewin because if Calvert-Lewin stays fit with them crosses, he will score a lot of goals. Someone who's airily very good on the end of them crosses will score a lot of goals for Everton. So, a lot of positives for Nathan Patterson. Obviously, wasn't tested defensively on Sunday, but... Very happy from going forward and fingers crossed he, he brings that form into the season. Mm. Lee, where do you sit with this back five? Obviously, a back five, three centre-halves, it does have a big demand on your, on your midfield too. And it's been a very contentious conversation amongst Evertonians. Can Everton's midfield hold that position with the current centre-midfielders that Everton have? Do you think that Frank Lampard has to go with the back five to, to compensate the issues in the centre-midfield at the moment and make us a bit more solid? Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, I think our frailties have been there for all to see when he goes with a four uh, because our options and the, the ability that we've got in central midfield, like you say, is, is just not great. I, I dare say, I think we've all pointed this out in the past, our, our midfield options are, are down there with the worst in the Premier League at the minute. I think I'm confident in saying that. Uh, so it just gives us that extra bit of assurance, um, a little bit of peace of mind knowing that we've got options there at the back and plenty of recovery uh, abilities as well so like Ben said there with Ben Godfrey's pace um, James Tarkovsky's got a lot of self-discipline and uh, positional awareness uh, I noticed that he's, he's comfortable bringing the ball out and his distribution was definitely eye-catching at the weekend and something that may shock a few people uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing this season um, and I just think the personnel that we've got in the squad at the minute I know we're, we're likely not to be done and things may change, landscape may change in the next couple of weeks. I hope they do anyway. But as it stands now, I think his only option is to go five. It's, it's either three at the back or five at the back, whichever way you look at it. 
lot of the time when when you see these starting lineups and and you've got the, those three centre backs in there, you get a lot of negativity from fans who come on and say, "Oh, this is too defensive. We're at home," and blah blah blah. Um, but you need to, you'll often hear managers coming back and offering a retort and saying, "Actually, it's three at the back," uh, and Nathan Patterson and Michael Enko will act more as uh, wingers bombing on because they are obviously more conducive to providing um, some creativity and deliveries into the box because I think that's the way Lampard wants to go he's made no secrets in the past of um, wanting to build a team around Dominic Calvert-Lewin he is our our main he's, he's our talisman he's our figurehead up there at the top of the pitch and if you if you want to get the best out of him and see a goals return similar to the 2020 period under Carlo Ancelotti then you've got to provide better service to him you've got to get wide and provide deliveries into the box and yes, Nathan Patton can do that. You've seen that from his Rangers days as well. He's brilliant at lashing across in, getting forward, bombing on, beating the last man. Um, overlaps, you see that hell of a lot from Nathan Patterson. But what I noticed from Michael Enko at the weekend as well is that his final ball and his willingness to put a cross in seems to be improving as well. And we've all noticed and touched upon the, the fact that they're getting coached behind the scenes by the likes of Ashley Cole, Leighton Baines. They've got a brilliant understudies there and people to learn from. I think that Michael Enko is really, really de developing at a rate of knots as a player and into the position that Lampard and, and the team want him to fit into. Um, so he's going to need to get forward. He's going to need to keep working on that final ball and distribution because if we can get both of those wing-backs firing with the, the three of them, three uh, centre-backs, whoever they may be, um, behind them, then we're going to get the best out of Deli Ali, Dominic Calvert Lewin. I, I can see a position for Deli Ali. Behind, I, same with Awobi. I think it's going to be between those two as a backup to Calvert Lewin just behind him. Um, so that's the way I, I see us going uh, going into the season. But of course, things could change. Um, but it, I, it wouldn't surprise me if any targets that we have got lined up are with this formation and with this system in mind, because I think that's the way Lampard wants to go. Ben? A lot of positives to talk about. And another one is Delhi Ali. Again, another player that has, you know, really been scrutinised since his arrival at Goodison Park. But two goals, signs of the old Delhi Ali, maybe getting into those sort of positions, getting into the, the dirty areas, as they say, and getting the tap-ins. You know, it, it's a tap-in, but it's Johnny on the spot, isn't it? You've got to be there. Do you maybe think, you know what, if we can maybe get six or seven goals from someone like Delhi Ali this year, he's worth persevering with? Deli Ali has got serious talent. He, he's, he's, no one wins the young player that, of the Premier League and you don't have talent. He he, he is a, a, a gem for me. However, it's all about application. Obviously, he's a luxury player. We know that. Um, and I think for the running last season, obviously with the, the 19 games over his head, we have to play Tottenham Hotspur, obviously the £10 million fee. That may have been on the back of Frank Lampard's mind. Um, obviously, he, he likes to get on the ball. He likes to get things down. And that second half against Crystal Palace, for me, man of the match performance and obviously kept us in the Premier League last season. So, But like you say, Sunday, he missed a, a few chances, but he got on the score sheet. He was the right place, right time. And that's something that certain players can't be teached. You're born with that natural instinct. And if he can chip in seven, eight, like you say, seven, eight, nine goals, that takes the burden and the pressure off the likes of Damari Gray, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, because the biggest problem with Everton, for me, is the lack of goal-scoring threats. We haven't got that many. We obviously chip in here and there, but we've lost Richarlison, who, again, scored a lot of goals. Andros Townsend was one of our highest goal scorers last season, and he's got a long-term injury, and best of wishes for him and his recovery, which is going well. So, 
there is a place for Dali Alec. I completely agree with Lee. It, it, it's where you fit him in. Do you, do you play him off the left and look to cut in behind Dominic Calvert Lewin, or to change the formation for like a three-five-two and play him again in that ten position right behind Dominic Calvert Lewin? It's really difficult, and that's a conundrum that Lampard needs to, to work out. That's why he gets paid the money. Obviously, Paul Clement, Ashley Cole, and the other assistants at Everton will be scratching their heads trying to get him in. But look, I've seen fight on Sunday from Deli Alley, which which was great. He got on the board, some really nice touches. Quiet the first half, like I touched on before, but comes out with two goals. And for me, I don't care how you score a goal, if it's 30, 35 yards out, or if you're in the right place, right time, one yard tapping. It really doesn't matter. A goal is a goal. And Everton need goals this season. So, fingers crossed, he can kick on. That gives him a confidence boost for the season. Um, and to, to really kick on and contribute to this Everton team. Because, like I said, we need goals urgently. So, really happy for him. He looked really happy to be on the pitch. And it was great to see, wasn't it, at the end of the game. Obviously, Deli Ali with the fans, giving his match-worn share to the fans. He really seems to embrace the culture of Everton. So, made up for him. Hope, fingers crossed, another one that kicks on alongside Nathan Patterson. So, we can't base it all off one pre-season, but a few positives. Still a lot of negatives to go off, but look, I'm happy and I'm happy to push with the positives the way things stand with Everton at the moment. Lee, one player that was criticised after the, the Blackpool game was, was Jordan Pickford, arguably at fault for, for Blackpool's first goal, where he probably either should have caught the ball or, or quite comfortably tipped it over the bar. Is that is that a concern for you, or is it just just one of them? No, it's not a concern. I think uh, he's got plenty of credit in the bank when it comes to me letting him off for mistakes in terms of the way he stepped up and was one of the ones alongside Richarlison and a couple of others who saved us towards the end of last season. I think he carries a lot of good faith with Evertonians, and I think the the way I'd sum it up is I'd much rather him do it in pre season than the next Saturday at about half five onwards uh, against Chelsea get him all out of his system. He is prone to these little periods where he has these lapses, but we've seen in the last two years, I'd say, um, there was a little period during lockdown where he just went, well, I don't know what happened to him, but he seemed to be making mistakes week in, week out, and uh, his concentration just wasn't there. So I don't know whether that was the lack of fans or what, what other reason. Um, but since then, for Everton, you know, contrary to media opinion, um, and other fans seems seem to believe opposite to this, but he's been almost faultless for Everton. Um, he's been one of our star performers, and for me, he was player of the season last year. So I've got no doubts or concerns when it comes to Jordan Pickford, anything, but we're very, very lucky, in fact, to, to have him and, and to call him our number one. England's number one by a long stretch. There's no one close to him in this country. Uh, every time someone comes and tries to challenge him or the media tries to put pressure on to, to oust him from that England number one position he he steps up and, and he proves why he's the best um, so no we're lucky to have him surprised or I'm probably not surprised I'm probably more relieved that the, the top four or five clubs in this country already have really really world class established goalkeepers themselves um, and Jordan Pickford probably finds himself you know in a, in a comfortable position at Everton and we're lucky to have him and keep him um, but I expect him to push on even further uh, to World Cup year uh, in November, it's going to be upon us quicker than we than we think. He's going to want to maintain that form and keep his uh, in England number one position. Um, so no, absolutely no doubts with uh, Jordan Pickford. I think, of course, I don't know what was going through his head there on Saturday. I think it was just one for the cameras that went a little bit wrong. Um, I don't think you can compare it to like the Virgil van Dijk um, incident at Anfield where um, Origi scored or anything like that. 
I just think he, he's just had a little bit of a lapse in concentration and it's led to a goal. Of course, with a goalkeeper, when you make a mistake uh, of that magnitude, more often than not, it leads to a goal and it's highlighted a little bit more. But no, he's England's number one, he's Everton's number one uh, and I fully expect him to go on and have a, another stormer of a season. Mm. Ben, you know, Dynamo Kiev Friday, last pre-season game for Everton, then it's Chelsea at Goodison Park the following week. Looking at the current squad, the current matches that we've played, three preseason games so far. Do you, do, you, do you think this team's ready to compete in the Premier League as it stands? Well, it's no hidden fact that we, we started a lot later than other Premier League teams, I think by a week or two. Um, obviously, you've seen against Arsenal and Minnesota, so we, we were miles off the pace. A few players, maybe a bit leggy, a bit coming back into match fitness, but that's what preseason's for. You, you can't judge a team on preseason. Obviously, it's more about match fitness, getting minutes under your belt. Because, like we all know, um, match fitness is completely different to physical fitness. It, it's different hits and bumps, a lot more competitive. Training is always competitive, but you can always hold stuff back and train it's not 100 mile an hour. So, playing games is the most important thing. But for me, we need still need four or five additions to this squad. I feel like the starting eleven can be okay, but we've got no real squad depth at all. Um, for me, you can't really be starting the likes of Tom Davis against Chelsea, for example. And that, that's not digging him out. I think he's a could be really vital for for a squad depth player, um, and he, he's obviously contributed a lot over the years as a squad player. But I feel like the midfield's very short in numbers. Obviously, the full-back areas, if, if Mikhalenko or Patson gets another injury with Coleman already being out and obviously losing John Joe Kenny this summer. It's also another area of concern. The striking option's very short with Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Rondon. And even the wingers with Townsend being out for so long. So we do need players. But, but what's interesting is to see the way, obviously, the way we're setting up, the way we're defending set-pieces the way we're looking to go forward, looking to get the ball on the floor a lot more compared to the last few games of last season. Shows to me the real intent of what Frank Lampard's trying to achieve with this crop of players. Whether they can do it or not, that's obviously the debate for Blues to have because obviously a lot more possession football, getting the ball on the floor, looking to play between the lines, looking for the midfielders to drop deep, pick up the ball, playing your fullbacks, playing your wingers to generate space. Can this crop of players do that? I'm not so sure. Uh, we obviously need, in central midfielders, we need somebody that can get on the ball, is comfortable on the ball and can pick a pass out for obviously the wingers or play through the lines for the likes of Dominic Carvalho and running the channels to drag centre-halves out of position. And I'm no, I'm no tactical masterclass. I just I just enjoy watching football. And you can see from a mile off that, that some of the players at Everton currently struggle with this and really did suit the long ball that we went with towards the back end of the season. And like we said on previous podcasts, Lampard noticed that, he spotted that, and he changed it all. So Friday, obviously Dynamo Kiev, obviously for a good short, a good cause for, for charity and to generate a lot of money. But there's a game there as well. A lot of Everton fans will be going there of anticipation to see the the players out on show. Can we get a few players in before then? I'm not sure. Um, be interesting to see. But look. Again, it's minutes on the legs. Hopefully, we can get another win under our belts, get a few goals under our belts because wins breed into positivity. I know people say ignore preseason, and normally I do, but it's always nice, isn't it, to get a few preseason wins under your belt to take forward into the season to really kick on with that confidence for Chelsea a week Saturday at half five. So, really interested for minutes on the legs. Really want to see youth as well integrated. Uh, we didn't see. A majority of youth play on Sunday against Blackpool. Obviously, a few late cameos for certain players, but 
Look, it'd be interesting to see the likes of Lewis Warrenson, Dobbins, Sims, um, Stanley Mills and others get a real good chance on Friday before the club make a decision going into the season. So a lot to play for. Position still up for grabs. So, yeah, really interested to see Friday. Hopefully we can get a win and kick on for the season. Mm, Lee, one maybe worry was no Dominic Calvert-Lewin and, and Damari Gray, both left out due to minor injuries, Frank Lampard has said. Is, is that a worry for you, looking at the squad depth that we're still having to maybe persevere with Salomon Rondon and a couple of others within the squad to maybe compensate for the likes of Calvert-Lewin and Gray if injured? Is, is that still a worry for you heading into the new season? Yeah, massively. I've said I've said this all along. We all have the uh, the drop off from first choice eleven, like Ben said before. Our eleven on paper, when everyone's fit, is actually quite competitive. It's okay. Um, the problem you've got with Everton is when you take a couple out, and it is literally just a couple. We really, really suffer, and we become such you know much less of a of a threat, um, and and sometimes easy pickings for for the better Premier League sides. So, yeah, it is a concern when I'm seeing Solomon Rondon lining up for Everton when, when you've only really lost Dominic Calvert-Lewin because nothing against the lad. Um, his attitude is exemplary, I would say. Um, he's done nothing wrong from that point of view when he, since he joined the club when, when he was massively unfit. But in terms of ability and the fact that, you know, should he really be starting games and featuring for a, for a Premier League club, I would uh, say not. Um, and as and as an Evertonian, that hurts me a little bit. That you know, this this club, which I hold in such high regard, and with our motto being "nothing but the best is good enough," I think he falls well short. But he's not on his own. Um, I think you know you look at you take Damari Gray out in those midfield options. You know, you've got Tom Davis starting the last couple of games again. He, I know he splits opinion. Uh, for me, I, I don't really understand that. I never have understood that because he offers very very little for me. Again, I don't class him one little bit as a, as a Premier League footballer and I've seen nothing to change my mind in pre-season so it is it is a massive concern and, and there is still work to do um, I know it's disconcerting and it's it's going to panic a lot of fans you know the, the lack of of movement but you've just got to put your trust that these things are going on behind the scenes and there is work going on and Lampard knows quite well that he can't go into the season um, or certainly be on the end of the transfer window and not address some of the gaps that we've got. You just like to hope that the the omission of Carvalt Lewin and Gray at the weekend was with that in mind, knowing that, you know, thinking forward to Chelsea, you don't want to risk these plays because we, we've got very, very little in behind them. Um so I think Lampard gave a little bit of reassurance in terms of an update on those injuries, saying, you know, it's nothing too too concerning. It was just a precaution uh, after they've come back from America, a long, a long journey and they were just feeling something. So no point risking them at Blackpool away in, in pre-season. But you'd fully expect to see them start and feature on Friday, hopefully get some minutes in the legs, get that, get those partnerships, those understandings, that cohesion going amongst the, the 11, which I, I think will be close to the 11 that we're likely to see next next Saturday because he's going to want to see that and he's going to want to be reassured that you know these um, this is the setup works and, You've got this understanding between centre-backs and midfield pairings and um, tactics and things like that. He's going to want to really read a lot into this game on Friday. So it'll be interesting sitting there from an unfamiliar view in the park end on Friday for me uh, and seeing it, watching it all play out. It'll be really, really interested. But we make no doubt we need the likes, especially Calvert-Lewin. Damari Gray for me is an important player as well. I think he was really productive last season. Dropped off a little bit, but you know can be called, can be a big game player. 
Uh, but for me, Calvert-Lewin's vital uh, and it's important that he's involved and fit, ready for, for Chelsea next Saturday. Mm, I'm just going to put this both out to you. You know, if Everton are going to go with, the you know, three centre-halves, do you think we have maybe one too many centre-halves on the bench? We had Michael Keane and Mason Holgate. Seamus Coleman's also been known to play on a, on a right-hand side of a, of a back three. So I'll start with you, Ben. Do you think maybe Everton are, are one too many Regarding centre-halves, obviously Jared Branthwaite's gone out alone to PSV Eindhoven in, in, in the Dutch league. Do you think Everton may look to maybe move one on or do you think we have about enough, about right? It's difficult, isn't it? It really is difficult with centre-halves because it's, it's an area of the pitch that you can actually get a lot of injuries. Um, for me, I'd like to potentially see Michael Keane leave the club. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I just don't... I think he's got a lot of errors in him. Um, so maybe we are slightly over the top, but... Look, all it takes is one or two injuries. And Yerry Mina is one who, who will come in for a week but then be out for four games. And especially someone who still plays international football and goes away with Colombia. He picks up a lot of knocks. I think, obviously, the South Americans will only ever play if they feel a 100%. They, they won't really pay, play through the pain. So he's going to be questionable and we need to wrap him up in cotton wool because we're a better team with him in the side, aren't we? Let, let, let's all be honest. The stats speak for themselves. The, the win percentages with Yelmina in the side far outweighs when he's not in the side. So we need to keep him wrapped up and, and fit. With only 12 months left on his contract, there's obviously a decision to be made about him. Do, do, what, what do we do with him? Do we just see out the contract and he leaves? But that's another £25 million player on another hundred grand a week for however many years he's been here. He'll be leaving the club on a free transfer. Um, so it's difficult. It really, if that's the formation he's going to go with, then we might be one over the top. Um, obviously, with the resurgence of obviously Reese Welsh and others, that there is a lot of depth in the youth that can always step up. I think the Jared Bramthwaite loan, what you've touched on there, is brilliant for him. Obviously, playing Champions League and European football with, with uh, PSV. He's going to get game time. Hopefully, Marcel Brands, who's obviously the uh, director of football there now, again, will utilise him correctly to build up his market value and his experience. And what we spoke about on previous podcasts, actually get the ball on the floor to improve his ball game on the floor. We all know he's very good aerially, but on the ball, not so good. So it's a difficult question. I'd be interested to hear Lee's views on that. I'm not sure. I think with Everton's injuries... And obviously with Yerry Mina, that we might just have the right amount of centre-halves. Maybe too many for other clubs, but we all know how Yerry Mina picks up these odd knocks here and there. Mm, yeah, same question to you, Lee. Do you think Everton are maybe top-heavy or do you think they have just about the right numbers? Uh, I think just about right. Uh, I think if you'd have asked me the same question before, Branford went out on loan, um, as I said, yeah. But I think for me, the, the fact that you literally cannot rely on Yerry Mina staying fit uh, unfortunately, I wish that wasn't the case because I think we'd uh, we'd be able to go into the new season with a lot more optimism if he was someone who played 30, 35 games a season because he is that important to us. Um, again, if, if you take Yerry Mina out the side, you're looking at the likes of Michael, he Michael Keane and Holgate coming in. Out of the two of those, Holgate's my preference. I think um, there's more potential, there's more room for kicking on as a player and, he, and he's shown in glimpses that he can actually be really, really good. Um, with Holgate, he's just too liable to concentration lapses, switching off, conceding penalties, whatever. But then with Michael Keane, I think he, he shows in in flashes, very, very rare occasions when we're playing a low block and we're playing a really defensive game. He can he can produce really, really good performances, but more often than not, he's, he's, he's probably more of a liability than he is an asset 
for Everton. Uh, he's so flat-footed. The amount of times he gets a ball knocked over his head, like a lit- a basic straight long ball over his head and, and the opposition are in straight away. The amount of times I see that, it's so, so frustrating. Um, so for me, I think we should be looking to, maybe not now, I don't think with Gary Mina's situation being the way it is and us wanting to play three at the back, I think it would be a risk losing another centre-back now. Uh, but certainly in the medium term, I think Michael Keane's someone that you should be looking to to phase out. Not everyone's going to agree with that opinion. They don't need to. It is just mine. That's what we come on the podcast to do. Um, but you know, the sooner we see the, the back of the likes of Michael Keane, for me, the better for Everton. Because although, again, like I've said, he's capable of producing the odd really, really good performance. It is only, it's, it's far too rare for me. And it is only dependent on us playing a really low block and, you know, that's not going to be the case every week. You're going to need a plan B and a plan C. And when that does happen, I think he's he's too susceptible to, to mistakes. So uh, I'd love to be able to maybe look to offload him um, and, and call upon a youngster back there in an ideal situation. But again, that's risky. Um, so to answer your question, I think we're just about right. But the, the, the first choice three should be a given. And that's Tarkovsky, Godfrey and Mina when they're all fit. Mm. And that's all we've got time for. Thanks to Ben and Lee for joining us as always. Blackpool 2, Everton for our first win of our pre-season. And now it's all eyes on Friday's game, the Ukraine game for Everton versus Dynamo Kiev with all proceeds going to the Ukraine fund, which is a brilliant, brilliant touch from the football club. Keep a look out for, on all our socials for more content on our free Spotify and Apple podcast, as well as our Patreon, as well as articles as well. Lots more to come in the very, very near future. In the meantime, take care and all the very best. Thank you. 